thank you so much for you guys being here on this Labor Day weekend. You never know what's going to happen. And if you, you have church and here you are. And today we're going to look at something really important for every one of us to take a look at because this, this is a message that I just want to let you know. I'd rather preach on a lot of other things. But this is one of those deep moments that as a follower in Christ Jesus, it makes me stop and pause and think, what is the cost of being a disciple? Come on, let's think about it. What is the cost of being a disciple? Now, if you're in this place and you're, you're like, this is my first time at Cowboy Junction. I was really kind of hoping you guys would just have hot dogs and it would just be a Labor Day weekend. Listen, we'll go to Rose's afterwards. It'll be great. I'm not going to go long tonight, but this is one of those messages that I want you to look from the standpoint of, of being a visitor or maybe somebody that you would even say, I'm, I don't even know what I believe. Seeing and hearing this conversation that we're going to have tonight, I want you to look how people who look at the cost of following Jesus based on the cost that he went through so that we could follow him. And is it worth it to follow Jesus? That's a question I want you to ask at the end of this for all those struggling with your faith. When I look at Christians and, I, and, and is it worth them doing what Jesus is asking them to do out of complete faith? And I'll let you, I'll leave that answer up to you. Everybody else, we're going to get started today. So turn to your neighbor and say, good to see you. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. And you may sit down. Way to go, worship team. You guys rock. So cool. Man, yeah. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 10. Uh, Matthew chapter 10 is where we're going today. Hey, let me just tell you. Uh, I can't thank you from the bottom of my heart on uh, you guys being here. We normally, on Labor Day weekend, just kind of don't do a Monday night service because everybody's gone and that kind of stuff. But I told the crew this week, um, or when we were deciding a couple weeks ago, we need to have service on Monday because we are promoting our Monday night service heavily. And the worst mistake we could make is to just say, hey, we're not going to do it on for Labor Day weekend. So you guys being here, if you're here today for the very first time, I just want to thank you for being here. Maybe you saw our advertisements and you were like, I want to go check out the Monday night service. Well, today we're going to dive deep into something. And let me just tell you what we're going to talk about. For the last several weeks, we've been talking about courageousness. Remember Grand Opening Weekend? We talked about be very courageous. Remember that part? Um, right after that, we talked about, have you ever felt discouraged? And discouraged was the absence of courage. Okay, and we talked about what it was like to be discouraged. Right after that, we, um, Pastor Earl came. Uh, Pastor Earl was here Wednesday. And man, he brought it. He was, it, was, it was just great having Pastor Earl here. Had a great time. But I also talked about um, a, a little girl named Esther who turned into Queen Esther. And we, I want, all of this was so important for us to kind of build up what courageousness looked like. But I told you last week that we just got through talking about Esther and what does courage look like even at the point of life or death. And that was her story. Yeah, if it, she had to make a decision. Does she do what God asked her to do? Even if she cost her her life, and she chose to do it. But today I want to piggyback off of that, and I want to ask you, what's your thoughts when you hear the word authority? Come on, let's think about it real quick. What's your word, what's your thoughts? What goes through your head when you think of authority? Do you think of state police officers, <laughs> game wardens, principals in high school? What do you think of? Do you think of, oh, I instantly go to 
I, I have authority in Christ Jesus. And, and this is something that is very important for where we are in being courageous. And one of the things that we have in order to be courageous in Christ Jesus is our authority in Christ Jesus. But there's a few things that I want you to understand. Most of the time, especially in my life, I've had to do some reprogramming when it came to authority. And the authority that I was walking in was the authority that I had in Christ Jesus. I can speak to mountains and they move. I can, I can pray over the sick and they'll get better. I can, I can cast out demons in Jesus' name. Do all these things. And sometimes what happens is we get the cart before the horse. Okay? And we end up hooking this thing up completely opposite. And can I turn to you and say, if we're ever going to understand our authority in Christ Jesus, we have to accept the authority that Christ Jesus is over our life. This is where it gets started. I want you to think about this. We all want to be authority, okay? Who wouldn't like to step out in their authority in Christ? But it only happens when we recognize as Jesus the authority over our lives. Let me, let me say something real quick. For everybody in the room that you struggle with authority, and you especially struggle with the authority of Jesus, and let me tell you why you can trust Jesus being the head of your life. He's a good father. He loves you. He cares for you. No one will love you more than he does. He is a good, good father. And I don't know how you think of the word father. And sometimes it's really hard to tell people how much God loves them from all the things they've been through in their past. But as the guy speaking tonight, before I even came here, I prayed that the Holy Spirit during our worship time would just begin to coach you on being able to hear some things that you generally just kind of push away. And would you hear this one thing tonight? He is a good father who loves you more than you will ever know. And the more that you trust him, the more that you understand that he's for you, that he's got a plan for your life, that it's a part of his kingdom. His, his purpose is to let the world win the world. He wants the world to be won. And he has this huge plan. But you will find that you will accept his authority when you trust him. And you will trust him when you know how much he loves you. Those three things are so important. Trust him. Love, when you know how much he loves you, you'll trust him. When you trust him, it'll be easy to get under his authority. But there's a few things I wanted to show you about authority. Check this out. The authority that we have in Christ is first from having Jesus Christ as our authority. And now we begin to unpack this. And the courageousness about tonight is going to come about talking about the authority that we have. The authority in every believer in this room when we make him our authority. Now, there's a few things on this I want you to get. Number one, we have to understand that we have to be completely surrendered to Jesus. Completely, wholeheartedly surrendered to Jesus. And the second thing I want you to get is this. We are to be a fully devoted followers of Christ Jesus. This is us submitting to his authority. Okay? But now I want to do something. This is something I hope you write in your Bibles. I hope you get. This is, this is so important. You, you could be super old in this room, super young in this room. And these two things are so important of understanding where we are in God's plan. Okay? We aren't the ones that get promoted here. We aren't the ones that get. You know, Jesus didn't come and say, Tybean, I'm going to grow your kingdom. 
Tybean, I'm not going to, I'm, 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 get ready, buddy. This is it. This is the moment where it's all going to be about you. And I've had to be reprogrammed in this area. It's not about me. Me making him my authority is saying, Jesus, I want this to be all about you. And let me show you something real quick. I brought my little cross here, okay? This represents everything that Jesus did in my life. He died on the cross for my sins. He rose from the grave, and the resurrection changed everything. Jesus was everything he said he would be. And when I accepted Christ as my Savior, it was to rescue, redeem, restore, and to use me any way he wanted. But there were some things that I had to grow up on. And let me just show you my story. Are you ready? I always thought that Jesus was going to propel me. That Jesus was the one that was going to make me famous. Jesus was the one that was going to make me big. Jesus was the one that was going to make me popular. And that's not the authority that we have in Christ Jesus. To be the kingdom. Let me show you the difference that I had to learn in life. I'm 48 years old now, and it's a joy to get to tell you this. My life is not to be promoted from the cross. My life is to lift the name of Jesus. This is the story of what it means to be submitted to his authority. And there are people who are just like, hey, you know, Jesus is going to do what he wants to do. That's another gospel that's another gospel where people are like, hey, I, I know Jesus, I love Jesus, I accepted Christ my Savior back a long time ago. I serve on a board at the church, you know, all these things. It's like, me and Jesus were tight. We're like, and it's like, you do your thing, Jesus, and I'll do my thing. That's a whole nother authority. And the other authority is the one I showed you a minute ago where it's like, I'm going to promote Jesus because people love Christians. And people, I'm going to wave a Christian flag and a Donald Trump Donald Trump, Donald, Donald Trump flag, and I'm, gonna, I'm going to make sure that everybody knows that I'm going to do great things in this world because Jesus is in my heart. And you may think, well, wait, 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 what's wrong with that? Once again, it goes back to this maturity that sets in that we don't benefit for our kingdom. The true gospel, and this is where maturity kicks in, and this is where people push back, is when I become less and he becomes more. Father God, may they see you and not me. Father God, may your kingdom come and your will be done. Father God, I lift you up. I know you and I make you known. This is the story of authority that we may lift Jesus up. Now, let me show you why this is such a big deal. I bring up authority because I had you turn to Matthew chapter 10. But there's some stuff I want you to read. Matthew chapter 8 begins to unpack some stuff. And if you're wondering, like, where should I start reading Bible? Or where do I start reading the Bible, Ty? I would highly recommend you start reading the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And when you read all four of them, call me, grab your lunch, come up here, have lunch with me, and we're going to talk about it. Okay, then you're going to go home and you're going to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John again. And you're going to come back up here and have lunch. It may take you a month. It may take you two months. But for one year, I'd love it if you just camped out in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And come have lunch with me every time you finish the four of them. 
The reason why this is such a big deal is when we get a grasp on the gospel, we get a grasp on where we fit in the kingdom and what we're supposed to do. So Jesus is here in Matthew chapter 8, and he begins to step out into his authority. Okay, that's why this is such a big deal. So Jesus begins to step out, and there's a few things that happen. One is you find that Jesus is in a boat with his disciples, and a huge storm comes. Remember this part of the story? Found in the Bible, and the, the ship's being tossed back and forth and back and forth. And these were fishermen who were experienced sailors, salesmen, sailors. Says they sailed ships, okay? And they're in the ship, and they're scared. This says something about the story. Have they been in storms before? Absolutely. Have they been in trouble on ships before? Absolutely. And the Bible says that they were terrified and thought they were going to die. And they had to go over and wake up Jesus, who was sleeping through the whole thing. And Jesus gets up, and he does two things. He calms the storm, and he calms the sea. And you see instantly his authority over nature, over the storm and over the sea. He practices authority and then turns to the disciples and rebukes them a little bit. He says, guys, come on, you've got to have more faith than this. I've got plans for you. I've got a purpose for you. You're going to do great things for my kingdom. You're going to do great things and you're going to be celebrated in heaven someday. But you're going to have to get a hold of your fears. And you're going to have to speak to the storm, and you're going to speak to the sea. But you see Jesus operating two authorities here, over the sea and over the storm. You go down a little bit from there, and when they get off the boat, they land the boat, they get off, and they're greeted by two demon-possessed people. Yeah, the whole deal. Running out of the caves, all angry, mad, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus stops them in their tracks, and he rebukes the demons. And he runs them into a herd of pigs, and the pigs run off a cliff. You remember this whole story? And you see the third authority set up, set up here. And Jesus has power over Satan, satanic entities, and demons. And you see this authority. I want you to see these authorities. This is so cool. The next one that takes place is he runs into sickness, paralytics, sick people. And Jesus does two things. He lays his hands on them and heals them which shows his authority over sickness. But then he also turns to him and says, but not only are you healed, but I forgive you of your sins as well. And you see Jesus operating in the forgiveness of sins. This is all found in Matthew chapter 8 and 9. But then we go into verse 10. And let me, let me just show you how verse 10 goes, okay? Jesus is fixing to send the guys out for their first preaching adventure, okay? And before he sends them out... He gives them, are you all ready, authority. Now, 8 and 9 was all about the authority he had. But now it's the authority that he gives us. He's not trying to build their ministry. He's trying to make them a part of his kingdom. And this is an incredible moment. Let me just start off. This is uh, Matthew chapter 10. Okay, it says Jesus set the 12. It's not going to be up on the screen just yet. Jesus set the 12 apostles with their instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel. Okay, so he, he says, then I want you to do this. Heal the sick, raise the dead, uh, uh, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you've, been, as you've received. As you receive stuff, give it away. He tells them, pack light. Okay, no need to pack two tunics, just have one. If you go into a city, they hate you, just dust the feet off, the dirt off your feet, go to the next one. 
and he gives them these instructions. But now we're going to get into the meat of what I want to talk to you guys about. Like I said, we're going to get out early tonight. But this is a message I really want to get in your heart about courage. About courage not to see your dreams come true, but to see God's kingdom get bigger. I want you to have the courage to be able to roll up your sleeves and say, do I only want to build things that are only going to last as long as his earth lasts? Or do I want an eternal kingdom investment that lasts forever? Are they going to introduce themselves to you in heaven or are they going to celebrate you when you walk in? Some of you, we've got to think about that one. I want you to be so kingdom-minded and kingdom-courageous on this earth that when you walk into heaven, you don't got to introduce yourself to anybody. That every one of them knows exactly who you are. Every one of them goes, Maggie Bean! Maggie Bean! Jeff Kuchar! No stinking way, man! Jeff Kuchar! Clapping loud, jumping up and down, Jeff Kuchar! And all of heaven's going nuts. I want them to throw you a party when you walk into heaven because of the kingdom mindset, the kingdom courageous mindset you had. And now let me show you what happened. I mean, the disciples are talking. They've had so much fun. In fact, Matthew, Matthew just got called to follow him. This is exactly the words that were said, follow me. Turned to Matthew and said, Matthew, come follow me. And Matthew dropped everything. And followed him. So now you have Matthew who's new at this. And you have the disciples. They've all gone out and they've preached. They've come back with story after story after story. And Jesus sits down. I brought my little stool out. Because I wanted to make this as real as I could. There's a campfire going. And the campfire's going. And everyone's circled up. And everybody's in this great mood. Can you believe it? I mean, the storm was rocking the boat. Jesus spoke to the storm, and it stopped. He spoke to the sea, and it went calm. Jesus turned to that, the, 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 the two men that were running out. I was scared, but you scared Peter. I was scared, man. And they were running out. They were foaming at the mouth. They were running, and Jesus said, stop. And he cast them out, and they jumped in the pigs. And remember that one pig that was like, that was your... Man, what do I got to do to keep you guys awake? And, and, and they were just talking about this moment and everything. And let me give you the exact words that Jesus said to people who now have his authority. Behold, guys, I send you out like sheep to wolves. I think that's very interesting. I'm sending you to be my sheep for people that are going to want to destroy everything, kingdom, about you. You are not a wolf. You are a sheep. And you walk in my authority because I am the good shepherd. And your best place is as my sheep, but I just want to let you know, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents, guys, and be harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. And he says this, 
you may be brought before governors and kings. Why? For my sake. As a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak. For it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. And he tells them how. How? He says this, for it is not you who speak, but it's the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. The very hour you need the word to speak out of you, it will be given. Don't worry. Now, brother will deliver up brother to death. Brother will hate the kingdom in another brother, even to the point of death. And a father, this is so hard for us to wrap our brain around, but a father will also his child, and children will rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. Yeah, it goes on. And you will be hated. Guys, you will be hated by all for my name's sake. They will hate you for no other reason than you know me and you carry my authority. But he who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in the city, flee for another. For surely I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. He says, a disciple is not above his teacher. Now this is very important. Nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they have called the master to the house, if they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, and he's talking about himself here, he's saying, God, they called me the devil. How much more will they call those of his household? If they called me a devil, what are they going to say about you? And he goes on, therefore, <laughs> don't fear them. Don't fear them. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. So welcome to Monday Night Cowboy Church. And everybody's like, why did I come tonight? And let me just tell you why you came tonight. Because tonight is that night that you just kind of prepare for it just to be us. But it's a very important us moment about just what following Jesus is going to be like. And in my own life, I'll let you know that I have never experienced persecution on this level. But I have experienced persecution on the level to realize just how bad it can be for no other reason than you just brought up Jesus. In fact, I'm going to ask the team that's in the back, if you guys can go back to Matthew chapter 10, let's start at the beginning. And I just want to unpack a few things. Tonight we're talking about courageous authority. And can I turn to you and tell you that everything that Jesus is saying there is about where we're living today. That believe it or not, one of the things we have to talk about is you can do so many things in your life that people will celebrate. You will make it to where uh, you make laws to do certain things and people will go, way to go. You'll, be, you'll make it to where people have to pay, you know, just, just do all kinds of different stuff. And they'll say, man, I'm so glad you're a part of our community. But the moment you bring up Jesus, they want to kick you off the board. The moment you say the name Jesus, they want to ask you to leave the association. 
The moment you bring up the fact that we could do something awesome for the kingdom of God, they will hate you for it. And in our minds, we don't think that's even possible. But remember what we're looking at? Jesus, he went and calmed the sea, calmed the storm, cast out demons, healed the sick, forgave people of their sins, and they hung him on the cross. Because there is a battle in this world between God's kingdom and evil. And courageous, courageous authority is realizing that you're at a place to where you are a sheep amongst wolves. And this is a sobering reminder for every one of us as we begin to think that there, therefore, guys, you've got to be as smart as servants and harmless as a dove, which means you have to be able to practice the wisdoms that are found in Scripture and the wisdoms that God gives us and at the same time be harmless. You can't get mad at people. You can't get mad at the world for acting like the world. You actually have to have a godly wisdom and a love for sinners. You've got to even love the people who are beating the hell out of you. If you want to read a book to, to really inform you on kind of what I'm talking about, Fox Books of Martyrs is one of the most eye-opening sh- uh, stories. Not because it's, I don't want you to read it because it's scary, because it's a scary book. But the, the faith part of it is the very people who were persecuting these Christians are the very ones that are the last ones to hear these Christians before they die preach the gospel. There's a story found of, of a family in Germany were stripped of all of their clothes and the soldiers left led them out onto the lake the frozen lake and they have no clothes on it's a christian family and they're freezing to death and below zero temperatures and the soldiers are all around them and the father begins to tell the gospel story to the men who are told who are holding the guns he's not throwing things at them. He's not cursing them. He's not telling them they're going to burn in hell. He's watching his children freeze to death while he's sharing the story of the God who loves them. I don't know if I could do that. I mean, this is why I'm struggling with this. Because I'm thinking, God, I don't know if I want to be a sheep. I mean, it'd be more fun to eat some people up. Can I, God, will you give me permission to really eat some people up? And he goes, no. Do you realize that there are people in this world who have no idea who I am? But even your death can be the seed in their life that will change their world. I know this is deep. I know this is deep. And please don't have nightmares tonight. This is just one of those things I want you to stop and think. We want to practice authority so much. But did you not think that you will cast out demons and they'll hate you for it? And I'll give you a great example. Look at the story of the pigs. Here's two men running out. Here's the group of pigs, a whole herd of pigs. And Jesus casts out the demons into the pigs. Did you read the last part of the story? It says that the pigs went off the cliff, and then it says in the very last sentence, and the whole city came out to meet Jesus. Going good so far, right? They all came out to meet Jesus to tell him, would you please leave our community? Oh, no, no, seriously, that's how the story goes. And so you're going to move in the authority of Jesus. Demons are going to flee. And the people that have watched these two men suffer for years are going to turn to you and go, hey, can you, can you just go? And you're going to 
what? You know, there's demons in the caves. And they're going, well, you screwed up our pig harvest this year, dude. They're not going to be kingdom-minded. They're going to be kingdom-blind. And you're going to be discouraged. You're going to be frustrated. Kiddos, you're going to be on basketball teams. And there's going to be a part where you're going to turn and you ask your friends, hey, you think we should, we should pray before we go play? I'm all for pray and play. And they're going to turn to you and go, oh, we don't need Jesus here. And I, I just want you to know that you're going to go over to the corner and you're going to kneel and it's going to be you praying by yourself and they're going to make fun of you. And I'm going to turn to you and say they may boo you on this earth, but they're going to applaud you in heaven. They may boo you on this earth, but all of heaven and God's angel armies is going to be standing up going, well done, kiddo. Well done, kiddo. This is heavy for us. I know it is. But it's the story of courageousness. We love when queens become queens and then turn into champions. But we kind of forget about the part that it was really her life on the line if things didn't go good. But she was willing to do it anyway. And this is my turning to you, letting you know that, guys, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And you have to practice the authority that you have in Christ Jesus while making Christ Jesus the authority over your life. And if you're into this whole Christian thing so that your kingdom can come, and that your will can be done, you will miss the kingdom of God. It's one of the scariest scriptures found in the Bible. People who get to heaven stand before the Lord and they say, Jesus, we cast out demons in your name. We, 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 we healed the sick. We prayed over the sick. We gave. And Jesus will turn and say, depart from me. I never knew you. And it's the story of when we build our own kingdom in Jesus' name. It's, it's an over and over story. Look all throughout history. But when we lay our life down for him, and we lift him up, and we make sure he is honored and he is glorified, we will feel like sheep amongst wolves. And there are moments we have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And we have to beware of men, for they deliver you to councils and they'll scourge you in the synagogues. But there's a few things that we have promised. And these things that we have promised, and I'm going I'm to wrap this up. Is, I want you to think about this for a minute. Here's Matthew. Here's, here's Matthew the tax collector. Remember we talked about him? Come follow me. Come follow me. After hearing everything that you just heard today, let's look at, through, at Matthew's eyes. Should Matthew have followed Jesus? Right now, are you scared? In fact, let me just tell you, yesterday at church, Hudson was here, and Brady was in the back. As a family went, we went home, we talked about it. Does it scare you guys about where we're going as a nation and, and maybe where, where we are as a, as a church? And we talk about it often in our life, in our, in our family, the cost of following Jesus. But I brought up something yesterday to the church based on Matthew, okay? What would be scarier? What would be scarier? One, following Jesus? Or two, letting him walk away? Which one scares you more? Because I'm going to tell you, for me, I, I, 
no joke. I have multiple times turned to the Lord and said, Father God, if I get a, a vote in this, I'm praying for an old age and passing away in the middle of the night. Rich. This is what I pray for. Hallelujah, Lord. This is just kind of where I want to go. If I get a vote in this, well, can I tell you that every time I read scripture, I see people that no matter what the cost was, their faith in God caused them to choose his path, not necessarily the easy path. And Matthew had to make a choice. What would be scarier, Matthew? To follow Jesus? Or would it be to let him walk away? We talked about this as a family the other night. And can I honestly, wholeheartedly tell you that what absolutely terrifies me to no end is watching Jesus walk away and me not follow him. Yeah. This world has nothing that I want compared to everything that is eternal in God's promises. A few things. One, God is a loving father. And when you think about the hard things that we've experienced as Christians, every person who ever went through difficulty in the Lord would turn and say, I wrapped it around the eternal question of which one do you want? This earth or the things to come? And, and to realize that God is a loving father. There's a few things I put together to wrap this up. And Fabian's coming up and, and, and we're going to wrap this up. But God is a loving father who wants me to follow him. I think we've made that clear tonight. He's asking you to follow him. You know why? Because there are people you know who don't know him. And you are a tool. A part of the kingdom of God as a son, as a daughter to represent your father. Now, not everybody's going to celebrate you, but I promise you this. For everybody who didn't celebrate me bringing Jesus, I was able to at least sow a seed in their life. I can't tell you how many people in my life have come to me and said, when you first showed up and you were telling me about Jesus, I just didn't like it. I was in a bad mood that day. I was going through some tough stuff. But you said something that just kind of stuck in my heart. And even though I pushed you away, Ty, God entered somebody else in my life and they started where you left off. Thank you. Thank you, Ty Bean, for sowing that seed a long time ago. And here the devil was speaking in my ear, you're just a failure, you're just a fraud, nobody likes you. Just the fact that nobody, just the fact that they pushed you away just goes to show that God doesn't want to use you. But scripture tells me this, it may get worse before it gets better, but you did what you were supposed to do. And I know that he's a loving father who just simply wants me to follow him. And I may not know the whole story at this point in the journey, but I know that he's at work somewhere. And if I keep telling his truth, and I keep preaching out of his word, if you keep doing what God's called you to do, if you keep t raising your kids, talking to your kids, praying over your kids, teaching your kids, turning to your kids and go, I don't care if Wednesday night you're busy. You're going to be at youth group. I don't care if you've got college classes. You're going to be there on Sunday nights. I don't care what we're doing on Sunday morning or Monday night. We're going to get up and we're going to honor God and we're going to let him sharpen us so that when we go out in this world, we're ready. We're prepared. We're ready to go. We're about his kingdom. We want to see his kingdom come. We want to see his will be done. 
And we do it because we know we have a loving Father who has a plan for us in a big, eternal way. And He just wants us to simply follow Him. That's the first and foremost thing I want you to get tonight. But the second one is this. We have a loving Father who's going to make everything go okay. I promise. I promise. And you may go, but Ty, it just feels like it's getting harder. Let me tell you, some of the greatest peace I've ever had was in the middle of some of the worst storms. And I'm talking about spiritual storms. I'm talking about people storms. And I'm talking about culture storms. And I'm talking about community storms. But I had this unbelievable peace as God would whisper to me in the middle of the night, kiddo, you did what I asked you to do. I'm right in this. They're mad. They're angry. Can I, just, can I tell you, kiddo? And this is just God talking to me. It may look like they're mad at you, but they're not mad at you. They're mad at me in you. They're mad at me in you. And can I turn to you and tell you, you're going to have people that you're going to have to stop and realize they're not mad at you. They're mad because of the Jesus in you. And you're going to have to love them. You know why? Because God loved them. And you're going to have to love them. You have to be kind to them. You're going to have to turn to them. You have to bite your tongue. And this is the whole process of you don't know what God's doing on the inside of them. But we can hope. The Bible tells us this, that faith is the evidence of things not th seen and the things hoped for. So, so faith tells us, I can't see what God's doing in that, buddy. I can't see what God's doing in them, but I know he's doing something. I know he's doing something. I know they're mad at you right now, but God's doing something. And God's going to make everything okay. Even if he turns to you one day and says, okay, we've been here long enough. It's time to dust off the dirt on your feet. It's time to go to the next town. I've, I've sometimes turned to God and said, God, is it time to go to the next town? He goes, nope, you just stay right where you're at. And I'm glad he did. Because I didn't know what God was doing right where I was at. And you don't know what God's doing in your life either, right where you're at. Or quite possibly where you're headed next. Third thing, the last thing, God is a loving Father who tells us that it's all going to be worth it someday. Every bit of it, every bit of it, it's going to be worth it someday. I, I sometimes will just come in this room I, more and more. I'm spending more time in this office than at home because I just like my office. And I'm just praying and I'm just praying. And can I, can I just be honest with you guys? Sometimes, 48 years old, I just get to thinking, what's it going to be like to close my eyes on this earth and open them in heaven? And I think about this incredible roar of hand claps of people going, we saw what you did. We saw the faith it took, the trust you had in God. We saw the words you spoke that were from his word that changed lives and were seeds in people's lives. And can I turn to you and say, I want you to realize that if, if you're following the Lord, if, you're, if, you're, if your faith in God is so strong that you think about the words you're going to say, if your faith in God is strong to where you realize that you could tell people about his love for them, and you do and you feel weird about it because you just feel like, God, you had Billy Graham. God, God, you had Stephen Furtick. God, you got all these guys. Why me? Why do I have to? And, and, and we don't know why, but I can tell you this. If you're telling people about Jesus, you are actually uttering the greatest words humans could ever speak. Maybe it's your volleyball team, your basketball team. You're inviting them to church. You're telling them about your faith. You're heading up FCA. You're, you're helping out in youth group. You're just being vocal and active. I was so proud of Brady the other day. 
he just left the house. I said, where are you going? He said, I got to go to a football game. And there was a junior high kid in our youth group, two junior high kids in our youth group that were playing junior high football. And Brady felt like as a senior leader in the youth group, he needed to go to these kids' football games. I didn't make him. We didn't tell him what to do. And, and, and I was just like, who is this adult? Oh, my gosh. And you know what he did? He just went, he just went to love on them. He just went to love on them. And I was thinking, you're acting like your mother every day. That's so cool. That's so cool. I want you to follow God's plan for your life. And I want you to have the courageous authority to go be who God's called you to be. And I will tell you this. It's going to be worth it. The things that you thought you couldn't live without, you're finally going to set them down because he's asking you to. And one day you, you will turn around and go, I don't know what I was so worried about. The cost of following Jesus in the end, it's called the pearl of great price. And it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Which one's scarier? Following Jesus or watching him walk away? As for me and my house, and I hope your house too, we will serve the Lord.